The grace and peace of Christ be with you. And also with you. We welcome you to Laguna Presbyterian Church, and especially if you're visiting here today, we're so glad that you're here with us. In each one of the pews on the center end, there should be one of our black friendship pads. We'd love to have you take it and fill it out and pass it down the aisle, uh, the pew, so that everybody gets a chance to sign in. And whether you're a regular with us or visiting today, we'd love to know that you're here with us. There is an announcement sheet that is inside your bulletin. One addition to it is that our nurses will be doing a blood pressure check between the services today back in the prayer room right back here, if that would be helpful for you. Also, our Molokai group, our youth that are going to Molokai on a mission trip during spring break will be selling uh, baked goods on the patio, so have your blood pressure taken first and then go buy sugar out on the patio. It's all for a good cause. You'll notice on the inside that our third Friday group it has Steve Haas from World Vision speaking to us this coming Friday night. He'll be talking about refugee children and how World Vision is caring for them. Steve Haas will also be preaching here next Sunday morning. If you'd like to sign up for Third Friday, everyone is welcome to do that, but we do need you to sign up today out on the patio. Also, we have our next new members class two weeks from today. It's at 10 o'clock with Jerry over in Tankersley Hall. It's just a one-hour process. Or if you are thinking about maybe joining the church but you're not sure, you can come and ask questions. It's a wonderful chance to dialogue with him. Our book talk group will be discussing To Kill a Mockingbird and Go Set a Watchman, and that is a bit later this month. Also, our, new, our moms group begins again this Friday morning. They will be studying the book of Ruth. You don't have to sign up for that. You can just attend. Our women's Bible study will be beginning in a couple of weeks, the Wednesday morning group, which will be looking at women in the shadows of the story, particularly of the Old Testament, 24 biblical women. Uh, Judy Bell will be here signing people up today on the patio for that, and you can get a hold of the book there today also. Women's Retreat brochures are at that same cart today on the patio. You can find out all about the Women's Retreat, and also the sign-up on that will begin midweek online. And I see that at the end of the month, we are having a Red Cross blood drive, so uh, we need lots of help. I think you can sign up for some of that help, being part of that help. Yes, Sandy? Yes, today, uh, out on the patio. And we have flowers today that are recognizing the anniversary of Bradley and Janice Slinkard, 35 years. So congratulations to the Slinkards back there. All right, now I see you. Let's turn our hearts to the Lord. Let us pray. Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth, or you had formed the earth and the universe from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. We praise you for the power you have shown in creating all things. We thank you for your love in redeeming us and creating us anew in Christ. And we humbly ask you to encourage us this morning with your steadfast love so we may rejoice and be filled with your hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. We ask this now in Jesus' name. Amen. The psalmist calls us to worship. Ascribe to the Lord the glory of his name. Worship the Lord in holy splendor. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The Lord over mighty waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord causes the oaks to whirl and strips the forest to bear. And in his temple 
all I'll say, say glory. glory. Church, let us stand and worship the living God. Together. Oh, worship the King, all glorious above, and gratefully sing His wonderful love, our shield and defender, the ancient of days, pavilioned in splendor and girded with praise, frail children. To see you high and lifted up. I want to see you. So sing that together. Open the eyes. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. Give me eyes to see. I want to see you high and lifted up. To see you high and
persons. Blessed Trinity. Prophet Isaiah calls us to confession. Here is my servant whom I uphold, my chosen in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the nations. He will not cry or lift up his voice or make it heard in the street. A bruised reed he will not break, and a dimly burning wick he will not quench. He will faithfully bring forth justice. He will not grow faint or be crushed until he has established justice in the earth and the coastlands wait for his teaching. Thus says God the Lord, who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spread out the earth and what comes from it, who gives breath to the people upon it and spirit to those who walk in it. I am the Lord. I have called you in righteousness. I have taken you by the hand and kept you. I have given you as a covenant to the people. A light to the nations. To open the eyes that are blind. To bring out the prisoners from the dungeon. From the prison those who sit in darkness. I am the Lord. That is my name. My glory I give to no other, nor my praise to idols. And so will you pray with me together in unison at the prayer that you find in your bulletin. Merciful, Merciful God, God, in, in baptism, baptism you grafted, grafted us, us into the body of Christ, promising us forgiveness of sin 
and newness of life. But we fail to live as forgiven people. We keep destructive habits and hold grudges. We allow our past to hold us hostage and are reluctant to welcome newness. In your loving kindness, have mercy on us and free us from sin. Remind us of the promises you have made to us in baptism so that we may live as your people claimed in the waters of promise. And so hear the silent confessions of our hearts. For we make our confession to you through Christ our Savior. Amen. My friends, look, the former things have come to pass, and new things I now declare. Before they spring forth, I tell you of them. Surely he has borne our infirmities and carried our diseases, yet we accounted him stricken, struck down by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the punishment that made us whole, and by his bruises we are healed. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. God. Amen.
That was beautiful. I need to catch my breath now. Let me pray before I read the scripture. Father, what beautiful words you bring to us. Would you share with us as your children that we are yours? Thankful for those words of love and care. That you've made a covenant with us, an everlasting covenant not to stop, never to stop doing us good, always bringing good and graciousness to us through thick and thin, through joys and sorrows. Help us now, Lord, to listen to your word as you minister to us this morning. I know for each one of us, our hearts are longing to hear precious words from you today. Bless us now in Christ's name. Amen. We're continuing our study of the Gospel of Matthew. And I'll be reading from Matthew chapter 3, verse 13 through 17. Hear now God's word to us. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for it is proper for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness. And then he consented. And when Jesus had been baptized, just as he came up from the water, suddenly the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, the Beloved, with whom I am well pleased. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A week ago yesterday, I went to see the new Star Wars movie, The Force Awakens. How many of you have seen the movie already? All right, quite a few. We have added to the over $1 billion the movie has already made in just three weeks. They say in no time at all it will reach $2 billion. Can you believe that? It's amazing. I got a kick out of seeing so many moms and dads bringing their little kids to that movie. I mean, these are kids that never saw the first three back in the 70s and 80s and hadn't seen those in the 90s, and here they were. They had seen all the DVDs and downloads of the movies, and they were ready. And I looked around that movie theater, and not one of those kids, not one of those children could sit still through the movie. There was one right behind me as the movie got started that was humming the entire song. Thought, how am I going to put up with this through the movie? I want to concentrate. There was another over here just gasping every time a new character came up on the screen. Oh my gosh, he said to his father. And then, of course, all the wows at the special effects. They have come a long way since the 90s. There was one kid down my aisle that got up at least four times to use the restroom during the movie. He was so excited. Every time the father apologized to me, I said, don't worry about it, I've been there. But Disney knew exactly 
what they were doing with all the ads and interviews and promotions and pre-stories. I even read a story about Disney granting a terminally ill person their dying wish to see the movie before it was released. It was very classy. They let that person see the movie. Now, my sons, they think I sound ancient when I tell them that I stood for hours back in 1977 on opening day all the way around the block at the old UA Theater on Colorado Boulevard. And they look at me with awe when once in a while I even take out the old original score album that I have from 1977. Check that out, yeah. Maybe if you're good, I'll let you come up after the service and check it out. Very nice. They're fighting over who I leave that to in my will, I guess. Now, I can remember standing in line on Colorado Boulevard back then, people actually covering their ears so they couldn't hear what people were saying as they left the movie theater. They wanted no spoilers whatsoever. They had high expectations of that movie, and they wanted the movie to answer those expectations for itself. So don't worry about it. I'm not going to spoil it for you. Don't, don't cover your ears. It's okay. But what I have found fascinating is hearing what people, young and old, think about the new movie, reading those interviews online and watching people talk about it on TV. If it met their expectations. Now, I'd have to say for most people, I've heard them say it slightly got pretty close to my expectations. Very few have said that it's met their expectations, and I haven't heard anyone yet say that it exceeded their expectations. Now, I'll have to admit, I like the new one, and it's definitely worth seeing, but with all the hype, well, maybe my expectations were just too high. Now, this may be an issue for us as human beings, and especially those for us here in America. We set our expectations high on all sorts of things, and then we find rarely, if ever, those expectations are ever met. Now, let me test you for a moment. When was the last time you saw a movie or read a book and it actually exceeded or met your expectations? When was the last time you had a meal at a restaurant and it exceeded what you had hoped for and you know it didn't because you're always looking at what everybody else ordered at the table? Or a game. We had 49 football bowl games. Did any of them reach your expectations or exceed it? And when was the last time you actually voted for a candidate and all of your expectations, your hopes and dreams were met through that candidate and more so? And can you remember a Christmas season when all of your expectations with family and friends and giving and receiving and all the little checklists you have in your mind of traditions were met? Have you ever had a Christmas where that's happened? And what about the new year? We are 10 days into the new year. Have your expectations so far been met? Probably not if you're a stockbroker. <laughs> but could it be, I've thought about this the week, could it be we were created with this longing for great expectations? Could it be we were created with the capacity for so much more, 
Could it be what we are ultimately anticipating deep within might possibly far exceed anything, anything we have experienced so far on this earth? Now, as I mentioned, I've thought about this, and I've thought about it quite a bit as I've studied the Gospel of Matthew, specifically this passage over the last few weeks. I've thought about the expectations of John the Baptist, along with all the people along the shoreline that day. Certainly, John the Baptist had expectations for the Messiah, didn't he? Expectations that were shaped by the Old Testament, interpreted to him through his parents and teachers and rabbis and by the Holy Spirit. But let's remember something. John the Baptist was a human being. And so he had his own personal view that came in of what he hoped the Messiah would be and what the Messiah would do. And then there's the people present at the River Jordan. Some were Jews, mostly were Jews. Others were Gentiles. We have some who were well-educated in the things of God, raised in the Hebrew faith and tradition. They were longing and looking for the Messiah to show up. And there were others, probably mostly who were the Gentiles, were ignorant of the things of God, who arrived out of word of mouth, maybe, maybe like that movie, they were caught up in all of the hype, and they just were there because they were a part of the crowd. And then just like at church, on any Sunday morning, you had everything in between. I think there had to be people there who were hungering for God. Some who were looking for a meaning in life. Some who had been desperately ill and they were looking to be healed and they heard that maybe something had happened at the shoreline that day. Others who were caught up and maybe there's some opportunity I can get into where I can feel some significance in life. Each person along the shoreline, just like each person here this morning, carrying with them an expectation to the river that day. And then the moment happens right before their eyes. Jesus walks towards the river. While John is there in the river baptizing these folks, you know, John is doing, John is doing exactly what he has been called to do. He was called to prepare the way for the Lord. It's called to be a trailblazer, to make things ready for the appearance of the Messiah. And in this spirit, John was preaching, as Jerry spoke about last week. He was preaching good news. And he was also baptizing. And this baptism, slightly different from the baptism that we have, because we baptize in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. Those who were coming forward, they were looking for a change of life. They knew what it signified. When they were going into the water, they were dying to the self. When they were coming up out of the water, they were understanding that they were coming into a new life, that they had a new beginning. Who doesn't want a new beginning? We know it. There's been times in our life where we're in the middle of something and we think to ourselves, it would be so wonderful just to have a new beginning right now. That's what those people were hoping for. 
So John's in the middle of baptizing, and he looks up, and here comes Jesus. Clearly because of John's words, he knew Jesus was the promised one, the Holy One of Israel. But naturally, just like any of us, John could not understand why Jesus would come to be baptized. Do you see it in his words? You're coming here to be baptized by me. You should be baptizing me. Jesus, you are the Holy One of Israel. You should be baptizing me. You are without sin. I am with sin. Dunk me in the water, John is saying. Why in the world would the Messiah, the Holy One, come to be baptized? There is absolutely no need in Jesus to repent. He's without sin, and he perfectly trusts and obey God about all things. But ah, there's these expectations that John has. And Jesus said it, to fulfill all righteousness. As the Messiah, Jesus Christ was doing everything that was right in the sight of God and according to Scripture. In choosing to be baptized, Jesus publicly resolved not to sin, and to always trust and to obey God. It's a decisive point in his life as he publicly shows his division to God, his, devi- his devotion to God, and his commitment to save his people. Now, how does John, or how does Jesus do this? He identifies with us by walking down to the river to be baptized by John. When Jesus does this, he is identifying with us in our greatest need. And deep down inside, we know what our greatest need is. We need to be saved and rescued. We need someone to tell us that they love us. And we need to be brought back to God. I thought about this. Jesus easily could have been up on the shore preaching to the people. But what does Jesus first do? Jesus is down in the river, being baptized, identifying with the very people that he has come to save. After Jesus comes up out of the water, we're told that the heavens were opened and two very significant things happened. We are told the Spirit of God, in the form of a dove, came down upon Jesus Christ blessing him for the ministry that he had ahead. And the second thing that happened is that the voice of the Father was heard. And we love those words, don't we? The Father said to Jesus, You are my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Now, do you see it? Do you hear it? We've seen something similar to that before. It was at creation. At creation, God the Father is present. The Word is spoken. We're told that the Spirit was hovering over the waters. The creation from God's voice happened. God in Trinity said, let us make men and women, let us make humankind in our own image. And now we see it again at the beginning of Jesus' ministry to bring us back to God. The Word Jesus is coming up out of the water. 
the Spirit has descended down upon Jesus Christ. God must just love water so much. The Spirit descends down upon Jesus, and the voice of the Father happens. You are my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Jesus needed to hear those words, I love you. I think to myself, how much more do we also need to hear those very words of God, I love you? One of the things I have the privilege of doing as a pastor is to do weddings. And before we do the wedding, of course, we meet with the couple several times. And I love asking the couple to tell me how they met each other. And about five or ten minutes into the story, I'll then say, well, now tell me, who was the first person to say, I love you? And how long did it take until the other person said, I love you back? Boy, it's good that I have a box of Kleenex right there up next to my table. And you can tell they sit up straight in the chair and they get very animated as they tell the story. And then the person usually who said, I love you first is the one telling the story. And they said, it took a lot in me. And I finally said, I love you. And the other person inevitably gets teary-eyed. And then they both get teary-eyed, and they keep telling the story. It's a beautiful moment. But I think in these human relationships, we say we love one another, but that love is imperfect at times, isn't it? The very love that God says to us, when God says, I love you, it's a perfect love. A love that's unconditional, a love that's holy and good and righteous, a love that will never let us go. Jesus needed to hear those words before he went into his public ministry, and we too need to hear those words each and every day from God. So at the beginning, God spoke his word to bring about creation, and now God's spoken word at the baptism of Christ telling us how much he loves us, how much he cares about us, how much he desires to bring us back to himself to be in a love relationship with each and every one of us. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit inviting us into this love relationship with himself. That's what life is all about. It's what we were created for. It's what these high expectations of ours have been looking and longing for, that no movie, no meal, no earthly friendship or relationship will be ever able to compare to the perfect love we have in God through Jesus Christ our Lord. I know if you're like me, as we start this new year, there have been so many voices that have tried to find their way into your head. Maybe it's your own self-voice. And if you're like me this morning, you need to hear those words of God once again. That you are his beloved child. You're his beloved daughter, his beloved son. And in you, God is well pleased. Those are the words of our baptism. Those are the words that we heard when we went to the water when we went to the river, because it's in the river that we die, and it's in the river where we have brought up to new life, to live for God, to love God, and to love others. And so in this spirit, this morning, we're going to give you an opportunity to do two things. First, we're going to remember our baptism by affirming the Apostles' Creed you'll find in your bulletin. 
And at the end of the service, as Beth is singing the song, Let the River Flow, we will give you an opportunity to come up here to the baptismal font, to dip your hand in, to feel the water, to remember the words that God has spoken to you. It may be a time to dedicate your new year to God to listen to his voice. So please join me as we stand, as we speak together our affirmation of faith. Do you believe in God the Father? Do you believe in Jesus Christ, the Son of God? Do you believe in God, the Holy Spirit? I believe Amen. You may be seated. I'd like to invite the ushers forward as we give of our tithes and offerings. Ten thousand years. The 
grace, you have found us in seeking us. Some of us, we confess, have been trying to hide from you. We have traveled to the ends of the earth to escape you, and yet we have discovered that there is no place that we can go, no darkness that is dark enough, no pain that is so troubling that you cannot reach us and touch us and heal us and comfort us and strengthen us in our time of need. So you know what we bring this morning to this place, to this house of God. We bring ourselves because you are already here and you have guided us to this moment. And you invite us to come boldly to your throne of grace that we may receive mercy in our time of need. So we come to you in this moment of silence and we offer up our needs, our prayers for ourselves, for our family, for our brothers and sisters in this congregation, for Howard and Nancy, and for all of us together who make up members of this community, we pray. Thank you, Lord, for finding us at the waters, for inviting us to come just as we are without one plea, to enter into new beginnings, to reaffirm the hope that you have established in your goodness. And so we would pray your blessing upon our congregation. 
And we ask that you would empower these gifts that we bring this day as we began this new year. We are thankful for the faithfulness of your people through this past year and for the many blessings we have received. And we ask that this congregation may indeed be a lighthouse of the gospel, that we may shine forth, and that many lives will be touched because we know your grace and your truth that is transformative and which is in the process of making us holy. All of this we pray in the name and in the prayer, the words that Jesus taught his disciples, saying, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So I want to give you the opportunity this morning to remember your baptism. The very words that God has spoken to you through Jesus Christ, that you are his child, beloved, and in you, God is well pleased. So if after uh, I speak and as Beth is leading us in, in that song, just come up and dip your fingers here in the water to remember your baptism. And like I said, let it be a time to dedicate this new year to the Lord, to hear his voice first and foremost. And now may the love of God the Father, the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. God bless you. Amen.